On today's episode, we have the Rockets choreographer, and we're going to talk about these last two preseason games and a preview of the regular season, so stay tuned. to another episode of Bright on Will. I'm your host, Will. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bias Houston. Over there, we just started up doing one of the post-game spaces after every Rockets game, so tap in with that if you haven't already. Um, you know, you can find us over there for all of your Rockets, Houston sports, content aggregation, all that good stuff. Um, and then real quickly, I'm going to shout out Bright on Will on Instagram and Twitter, and make sure you guys tap in with us on YouTube. We really appreciate all the support you've been showing to us on our new YouTube channel, uh, leaving likes, comments, and subscribing. Um, so we really appreciate that. And with that, I'll pass it off to Brad. As always, I'm your second host, Brad. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Brad NBA. All your favorite stats, highlights. I got you covered there. So that's all I'm going to say for my intro. As for this episode, we have an amazing guest, my guy, Brian. We've been chopping up a lot recently. So Brian, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you at and what you do. What up? It's Brian Puspos. Uh, I'm a choreographer, uh, an artist, I make clothes, I try to do everything while uh, being on this earth. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> but why I'm here is because I'm a huge Rockets fan. I've been a Rockets fan, I'm probably dating myself here, but I've been a Rockets fan <laughs> 94. Um, I know I look 21, but I am- You look young, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 26. Um, and yeah, I remember going to the parade and everything. I remember just falling in love with with basketball uh and it was just happened to be with with the rockets my i'm born and raised in houston as well um and yeah and so i just want to give a, a shout out to you guys for having me on here uh you're the only reason why i have a twitter uh there's a rockets twitter um <laughs> i'm past my my twitter prime uh does nothing for for me anymore where uh, most of my brand lives is on Instagram and on YouTube. But uh, yeah, the only reason why I have a Twitter app is because of, of Brad, Will, uh, people like Jackson, who's probably the first Rockets person I followed, uh, Roosh. Um, yeah, and then it kind of just opened up this whole world of uh, Rockets Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, and... Uh, I'll be in the spaces. Sometimes I'll use uh, my main account, but it's just kind of like awkward when you have like, I'm just so isolated with the, like the verified joint. Yeah. Kind of want to be low key. So I made a burner account. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you, <laughs> you know this, Will, but <laughs> I'm cold-blooded. Um, my, my rockets, my burner account is cold-blooded uh, HTX. We're gonna have to cut that out. It can't be a burner account if you tell you tell everybody what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, you can cut that part out. But I, I uh, so I could be a little more low key and um, just talk like just talk my shit. I just made a burner. But anyways, <laughs> and I like I, to, we're gonna I like have to feel a hard time sometimes. <laughs> Go ahead. I know that's what you're talking about now. So it's it's, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I have a, so I, I want to ask you a question though. Um, so I, I know that you're a Filipino heritage. So that, that's the the right yeah. one. Okay, cool. So I know you know Filipino. That's Jalen Green as well. So was that like you know how was that for you seeing the Rockets draft 
uh, someone who shares a similar similar heritage to you? That was that meant a lot. That meant a lot to me because uh, one thing about me, I take well, two things about me, and that everyone that knows about me is I take big pride in being from Houston and being Filipino. Um, and then that moment was really surreal because obviously having a Filipino player in the league, that's not Jordan Clarkson, um, but also play for the team that I love was uh, super important. And uh, having coming off that, you know, a broken heart from uh, James Harden, James Harden is my, my favorite player of all time um, for, for many reasons. Uh, main reason is because uh, he brought like me and my, I don't want to get like sentimental, but he brought me and my dad like closer together. Like that's our, kind of like our love language. Like we bond over basketball and uh, just watching his reaction and like uh, seeing James Harden, like be James Harden was, is something I'll never forget. Like I've never seen him so happy. He's like a six foot, like two guy, like very militant, not a lot of emotions, but when every time you watch uh, the Rockets, like especially that that team with James Harden, totally different guy, just smiling and getting up from his seat, doing this joint, like every, every three pointer made, and so yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. So coming off of that, when James Harden left, I was I was we were really heartbroken, but having Jalen Green now kind of feels that and. Uh, and kind of feels that void of the excitement and, and, and being proud and, and stuff like that. So now we have Jalen Green, who's Filipino, to bond over. <clears throat> so, yeah. That was a good question, Well, That was a good question. That was a really good answer, yeah. Brian. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, James Harden was was special. That could get anybody going, uh, watching him hit all those setback threes when he was doing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good to have a guy like Jalen Green come in as a superstar, you know, come in, you know, take after James a few months later. And he looks like he's going to lead the franchise in the right. So that's yeah. going to be fun. So Brian, uh, again, we appreciate you for having me, uh, for coming on. You know, we've been chopping it up recently, so it's good to have you on. Finally, talk Rockets hoops, and we're going to get into this episode. We'll first talk about you know Derek Favors uh, being waived. Uh, something that Will wanted to talk about first. Uh, I'll pass it off to Will, then we'll get to Brian, then I'll get my thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday it was announced that the Rockets were waiving Derek Favors. Um, I know last episode we kind of touched on it just kind of briefly, um, but that the Rockets were over the, you know, as, as every team is during training camp um, and preseason, every every team is over the 15 uh, uh, player limit uh, of you know, who can have on your roster. We were at 20 players when we finished all of our signings before uh, preseason started. Um, and so obviously five guys had to be waived. And we all knew, you know, guys like Theo Maladon and uh, Mo Harkless, guys like that were for sure going to get waived. We knew like Willie Cauley-Stein, was going to get waived to go to the G League, uh, stuff like that. We kind of knew, but we didn't know who, you know, we knew we had 14 guys who were for sure going to be here. And it was that 15 spot that we weren't 100% sure whether it was going to go to like Garrison Matthews, Boba Marjanovic, Derek Favors, or uh, Dacia Nix. And I think I might, I don't remember exactly if we talked about this in the last episode, but if we did, I'm 90% sure I said I thought Garrison Matthews was going to be the one who got waived. You did um, say that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian knows my memory's bad, but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, uh, I thought Gary Smith was gonna be the one who got away because we have a lot of players in his position. He was he's been awful in my opinion during preseason, um, and it just you know it didn't seem like the type of person who we were gonna keep here long term over you know Boban who uh, 
killed the show at open practice. He's they're going to keep him. He's in every social media uh, post that the Rockets have, so they were for sure going to keep him. Um, Daisha Nix, who I I'm kind of uh, down on at this point in time. I'm not the the biggest Daisha Nix guy, but he still has potential. He still plays a position that we don't have a huge like we don't have a surplus of point guards on our on our team. So somebody you know who who's positional need who. Uh, has a little bit of potential to him. I thought you know it would more it would be worth more to keep him, um, and then I thought we we're going to keep Derek Favors, which was just the big one, because I thought you know that ten million dollars in expiring salary could be something we could have used to you know throw into another trade at the deadline or whatnot. I mean that that's ten million in expiring salary that we just kind of let go. Um, and I thought you know that's something that you could you Stone could play around with and explore with the deadline or another team. Um, whether you want to combine his side with like Eric Gordon's or, you know, maybe it's a team out there that you get so desperate that they want to trade a pick down right for Derek Favors. Um, I thought that was something that Stone was going to explore and I were going to keep him and he was going to, you know, occupy that 15th, that 15th spot. So it was not going to go to um, to Garrison Matthews, but they cut him yesterday. So it's Garrison Matthews, Dacian Nix, Bobo Morganovich, all those guys are safe. Um, and I, I, I kind of rationalized that the cutting was because um, I mean, I obviously don't have no insider information, just kind of just from the outside looking in what I I, I think happened. Um, I think Stone probably considered the option of playing around with that $10 million throughout the season at the deadline. Um, but I, I think that maybe Derek Favors came to, and his agent, Derek Favors' agent came to Stone and was like, hey, we really don't want to uh, be DNP this entire society. I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say he didn't play too much for the Thunder last year. Um, so I, I, I imagine he, that would probably be like his second season in a row, just completely sitting out. And, you know, maybe he says he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he says he wants to go somewhere uh, that needs uh, a backup big and he can kind of play that role for them. Um, and so we all know, like, Stone, one thing that Stone has done when he took over from Daryl Moore is Daryl Moore treated guys like assets. It was just uh, he didn't really care about too much player relationships and, you know, how how the agents felt. It was just, hey, you're an asset. Um Stone has, you know, under his leadership, we've seen he cares more about, uh, you know, making players and their agents happy and, and rebuilding the relationships with, between the Rockets organization and agents. Um, so, like that first season, we saw um, before they they before they waived uh, Demarcus Cousins. I don't know, we had Demarcus Cousins for <laughs> thirty games that season, and before we waived him, they guaranteed his money, so he got paid for his time in Houston, and then they waived him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when Oladipo wanted to be traded, we traded him to where he wants to go. When James Harden traded, we traded him where he wants to go. We traded Ben McLemore to a, to a contender. Uh, we traded PJ Tucker to a contender. Yeah. Tucker to a, like we, we, we got all the, we took care of all the guys who wanted to, to leave the organization. We took care of them last, uh, that season. Um, and that was one thing that, that Stone really did to like, make sure he repaired the relationships, uh, between organization and, and, and agents. So maybe this was another example of that where like Derek Favors and agent just didn't want to, to DMP at whole season. And, and, you know, Stone was like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We'll, we'll do right by you as the player and by the agent. Um, so that was just kind of my thoughts on it. It was a little, it was a little shocking that Derek Fray was the one who got with. I thought for sure he was going to be the one that stayed, but hey, that's why I'm at the GM. <laughs> <laughs> what, are your thoughts, what are your thoughts on it, Brian? Who, who would have been your two cuts? Because, you know, ultimately the Rockets, they went out there and they cut, you know, who they ended up cutting. So what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think it would have been definitely Matthews and Nick's um just based off of those those last the preseason right um you know theo did we watched theo do more in like five seven minutes than they should <laughs> make and you know <laughs> and getting a full rep um but yeah I, i'm not like totally out on daisha nicks because uh we don't have a lot of people that could play that position 
uh, besides Tai Tai, which I do like Tai Tai, and I like the calmness he plays the game with. Um, but, you know, you can see him still struggling. He's trying to figure it out. But uh, I think uh, Dacia Nix and Garrison Matthews. Matthews supposedly had the best summer. Uh, I saw somewhere on Twitter that someone said Garrison yeah, Matthews had the best summer. Um, and it just didn't translate, like, even a little bit. Um, it's just kind of same old chuck in three from, you know, from the parking lot and like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't know. It was just like, all right, man, you can get off the team now, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, those, those are my two picks. And uh, yeah, like what uh, Will said, I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't play uh, with that 10 million. Um, but I am happy that Boban is, is on the team because team chemistry is, is really important and clearly he's making an impact just in spirit and morality wise uh, with, with these young players. I think that's super important, um, especially when, you know, we get into the season and, you know, obviously we're going to have some ups, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot more downs, um, which I don't mind. Uh, and I think that's really important to have someone like that uh, on the team to kind of like, you know, kind of keep everything together. Um, but yeah, so those are my, that's my take. I hear you. Yeah. You know, they ended up kind of the OKC guys that they got recently. Uh, Theo, as you mentioned, Brian, he did look, he didn't look bad in, in that little garbage time that he played in. Um, didn't look bad. I like what I saw from Theo, but him getting cut didn't surprise me at all. You know, what did surprise me was um, Garrison saying it surprised me, but at the end of the day, it doesn't because he was a really big part, not a big part, but he was he was a rotational piece last year. And, it's, and he he was a good, you know, fit for the Rockets last year, you know, really good floor spacer. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, I advocated for him to be in the rotation for this yeah. upcoming season. And so the spacing is that good. But if I told you that the Rockets have the best three point percentage in the preseason this year and Garrison Matthews was the worst three-point shooter on the team. Is there really a need for him? Uh, you know, like he shot. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you. Yeah, my, boy, my boy shot two for 14 from the field, from three. You know, like, what was he doing? He out put there? up 14 threes because he didn't play. He didn't play that much. How did he put up 14 yeah, he threes? he three games. He shot 4.7 attempts. How many – do you know how many minutes he played? And those he played a total of 42 minutes. Goodness, <laughs> how did you put up that many threes? I'm yeah, he was just shooting. He's just jumping <laughs> up. I mean, it looks good. Sometimes if it's going in, he'll draw a foul. The space is the floor. You have to guard When, when they go in, it's dope. But yeah, when they don't, yeah. it hurts so bad. It's like, damn. Yeah, so yeah. My man he was played, the worst player on the team. So, I have, so he played five minutes against the Spurs. Uh, so my app is tweaking. And then we played, what was that? Friday, yeah, Friday against the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And that game, he played 14 minutes. Yeah. And then we played on Monday. I guess it's probably the game he played the most. Yeah, he played 24 minutes pretty much that game. So I guess that does equal to like 40. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he played enough to put up that many threes. And what, what yeah. I wanted to say to you was, is he's not making threes. And specifically in that Raptors game, that was um, on that Friday. He's a liability on defense. Like when 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 we, we we entered that game, like when the starters left the 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 they went to the bench, we had the lead and <laughs> we lost it because of Garrison Mack. Like I, I'm not gonna say it's all on him, but it was he was one of the biggest reasons that we did not maintain that lead because 
those Raptors, you know, they have a bunch of six, eight plus guys on that team. They were just bullying him. He couldn't, he couldn't do nothing about it. So he's not making threes. He's not playing defense. I would have, I would have played them, but <laughs> I'm not the GM. So. <laughs> yeah. And I do have trust in stone and what he's doing. I'm yeah. sure that 10 million didn't mean much to him. The Rockets are projected to have 68.8 million next year in cap space, most in the entire Ooh. NBA. So they have a lot to play around with already. So that 10 million, I'm sure Stone wasn't concerned with. They know more than all of us at the end of the day. So we're going to trust in him and see what he ends up doing. But, you know, as for Dacia Nix, I, look, Dacia Nix was struggling for sure. He only played two games in the preseason. But the last game he played, he shot one for 10 from the field and had more turnovers than assists. So I don't know what you're doing out there, Dacia Nix. The only positive, and I'll touch on it briefly because I said it last episode, the only positive of Dacia Nix playing out there was him being on the floor with Tari Eason because Tari Eason is able to, you know, get a whole bunch of offensive rebounds and, and put yeah. him back up because he was getting everything. Uh, <laughs> there were occasions where he, he picked up uh, Dacia Nix's rebounds or uh, missed uh, field goals and he got the, the putback. So outside of that, and I don't want to see that, honestly, um, I didn't like Dacia Nix at all. Um, Ty Ty, I'd like to see him be a little more polished before he's inserted into the lineup. But I was more impressed with him than I was with Dacia Nix. So they kept Dacia in. They, they viewed him as a first-round pick. Um, I could see them keeping him for that reason alone. So the two cuts that they made, two new guys, um, it's a chemistry move in my opinion. Um, kept Boban. Um, it's a good little young roster intact, so not too much I can complain about. They were going to cut him. He was for show safe. Who, Boban? Yeah, they were never going to cut Boban. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we were all at that open C star of the show. Like that alone showed me that they're they're keeping him. He was a star at every like when he checked in last night with the Pacers game. The Pacers were rooting for him. <laughs> yeah. I was the opposing fan base wanting to come in. They were never gonna come up on. <laughs> His spot was safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, that was what we were gonna talk about with the cuts being made. So the Rockets 15 man rotation is finalized for the start of the season. We'll get into the expectations for the start of the season at the end of the episode, but Really briefly, we're going to go over these uh, last two Rockets games. But first, we're going to talk about the Rockets heat game where Jalen and KPJ caught fire and Shane Goon kind of struggled. And it was a huge talking point, Shane Goon was, because it, it was very worrisome, probably the worst game we've seen him play. But it is a preseason game. So Will and Brian, and then I'll get to myself afterwards, where we all start on the game, um, and Shane Goon in particular. And we'll start with you, Will. Yeah, so I do know uh, my memory's not that bad. I remember on the last episode – one of the uh, we did a preview of that game, and I I said that one I knew they didn't play their starters the last time they played, so I was gonna be interested to see if they did play their starters, and I think I said we probably should have won if they didn't play their starters, and that was me one underestimating how good of a coach Eric Spoelstra is and how good of a system Miami has. I, I forgot that Miami doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, or if you're uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Dwayne Dedman. They have a system in place. They have expectations for all 15 people, uh, all 15 players on that roster. Um, and I mean, they, they punched us in the mouth that uh, they, you know, we, we ended up losing by just eight points, but it felt a lot worse than just an eight point, uh, eight point game. I think started coming back to being like oh, some Josh Christopher heroics, right. but it definitely felt like we, we, we got punched in the mouth a lot harder than eight points. Um, and I think I said that last game that that was going to be like a litmus test uh, for the Rockets uh, we're coming off of, you know, blowing out the Spurs. We comfortably beat the Raptors. So it's like, okay, if we can beat the Heat, I know it's just preseason, but, you know, maybe we can start talking about this team making some noise this year. Um, and, you know, we, we got a, we got a little humble there, which I, I think one I think is good for the team to, to have uh, that humbling, in, especially in preseason when it doesn't matter to, like, don't get your heads too wide. Don't, you know, don't forget that, you know, nothing is probably still got to go out there and earn these wins. 
Um, you know, even even when you're playing against guys who were, you know, they didn't they didn't play the stars. So that was like the third stringers. Even when you're playing third stringers, you still got to earn it. Um, and so I think that was good for them. KPJ and Jalen had a really good game uh, playing off each other, um, and you know, being being um, offensive juggernauts. Uh, I think everybody was really impressed with those two guys in their games. Um, but then Brad kind of touched on it. I think that because that night we saw KPJ and Jalen be a little bit more ball dominant than they usually were because like all of their shots were falling. Uh, they were taking shots in the first quarter. Um, I, I should have pulled it up, but I want to say they they already combined for like 20 points by the time the first quarter was over with. So like they they, they had it going from the ball being tipped into the air. So obviously you're going to feed the hot hand. And as a result of that, Alperin Shingun did not get his normal amount of touches. I also think the fact that like John Lucas was coaching and not um, and not uh, Steven Silas kind of played a role in that. But yeah, Alperin Shingun didn't get his normal amount of touches. The guards were rolling. Uh, Lucas doesn't seem to use Singoon the same way that, that Silas does. Um, and so he didn't get as many touches as he normally would. And uh, when you have a player like Alper and Shingoon, he, he kind of needs those touches, those post-ups, stuff like that, operate the top of the key. Because if you're not using him like that, then what's the point? I, I, there, was a, there was a report that came out after the game was over where John Lucas uh, pretty much said they were going to use him as like a rim-rolling uh, lob threat. And that, that sounds like Clint Capella to me, not Alper and Shingoon. Um, and like anybody who's watched Shingun, you know that that's not his game. He's not he's not catching lobs. I'm mean, matter of fact, I know he's he's probably caught one for sure, Brad. But you can probably count on your hands how many lobs he's caught uh, right. in his NBA career. Like it's it's not that many for for like I, I I imagine Bruno Fernando has probably caught more lobs as a rocket than Shingun has. Um, but yeah, that's not his game. He's not he's not a, he's not really that great at breaking the rim. So if you're not playing to his strengths, you're not. You probably shouldn't be playing him at all if that's the case. So there was a lot of conversation on Twitter as a result of that game, which is kind of the outlook of Alperin Shingun and you know what's what what can we expect from him this season? Um, and so yeah, it started a lot of conversation. I'll just give my quick thoughts on on Shingun, then I'll, I'll pass it off. But I think that you're going to have nights like that where KPJ and Jaden, or you know, might be Josh, might be Tari. So there's going to be nights where somebody's going to have the have the role. It's going to be Jabari. They're gonna have they're gonna have it rolling, and you know you can't just run like the offense has to change, the game plan has to change. When you have somebody who's hot, game has to change. You have to start feeding that hot hand and giving the ball to the person who's who's hottest before. It wouldn't make sense to have you know Jalen, uh, I don't know seven for eight in the first quarter. And then all right, let's take the ball out your hand. Let's get let's get the shingle in the post. Like no, you keep letting Jalen go off. It's, it's it's his night. He's he has the hot hand. Let him bring us home. Um, so there's gonna be nuts with that where shingle's got to find a way to be effective without the ball in his hands, which means, you know, crashing boards, playing a little bit harder defense. Um, but stuff like that, I, I can expect, we can expect to see from him as he gets a little bit older and more experienced in the NBA, but it's not hard to do that. Um, so I'm not out on Shingun at all as a starter or even the long-term prospect. It was just one game in his preseason. Um, and he went up against, I mean, I know it wasn't the most physical guy in the world, but I mean, Dwayne Detman is a, is a really physical um and smart vet, so he took him out. He took Dwayne Demet took Shingun out the game. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not out of Shingun. I think he has to just, you know, take it's a it's a rookie rookie. I'm not rookie lumps, but sophomore slump. Just shake it off, get back out there, you'll be straight. What are your thoughts, Brian? I mean, shit. Will Will said everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so yeah, my takeaway from that game. I mean. Prior to the game, you know, we all thought we were going to go three, you know. Um, on paper, it might have looked like that. But then again, Will stated, you know, they still had – we got outcoached. This, their system uh, was just better, right? Um, 
Jalen having I think 25, KPJ with 21, that's always good. You know, their chemistry uh, and just getting glimpses of like, okay, they've, they got it together. Um, Tyra Eason, that beast, uh, had a good game. He's like, everyone has been saying on Twitter, he's just like a magnet. He, he's always in the right position. Uh, the ball just comes to him. Um, so yeah, I, I took away like more of the positives. Um, thought we had it um, when Josh Chris was what made it like back, uh, kind of have like a fake comeback. Thought he was about to go crazy, um, but yeah. So I didn't really lose too much sleep of it because uh, there was a lot of bright spots. Uh, Alp thought you know he could. It's crazy because like he doesn't have a lot of grace, but he's he's a magi- he could be a magician, right? But Lately, he's been kind of playing a little bit like clunky to me, a little bit sloppy. Uh, that's probably due to the fact that he's like just really frustrated and he's trying to make up for it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I still thought there was a lot of positives to take away from, from that game, even though we lost. Um, yeah. I want to say you touched on those three main positives. You know, Jalen and KPJ came out cooking. You know, at the end of the game, they finished with 25 and 21. Um, and there's a reason that Shane Goo was, again, the, the rock early on, as Will had mentioned. You know, KPJ and Jalen combined for 21 in that first quarter. I think KPJ what had 11. Yeah, Jalen had 11 and KPJ had 10, I want to say. Then by the end of the half, they both had around. And then you also have Tari Eason as cooking. And they don't even run plays with Tari. He just finds a way to get the rock and score. Um, so yeah, it, it, Shane Goon, he, he excelled when he's utilized as the hub. That's the kind of guy he is. That's how he won MVP in Turkey. That's how he excelled in the Eurobasket with Turkey this summer. And even going to this preseason game against the Spurs, that's how he excelled in like 12 minutes of action. Like they used him as a hub and he was finding everybody and he's going to look a lot better like that. He looked bad that game. They were giving him touches, but when he did get touches, it looked like he was trying to force it because he knew. He wasn't getting mm-hmm. touches, so he's trying to force the action. Right. And he's trying to put up shots against a seven-footer and Dwayne Dedman, who's not the most, you know, he's not the best NBA player, but he's he's a pretty big center. So it's not easy to get buckets on a guy like Dwayne Dedman. So, so Shane Goon can't force the action. They got to win often. And I think Will is right. You can't, you know, just force feed Shane Goon at certain points when, you you know, Jalen's, let's say, seven for eight from the field and they take the ball out of the high hand, get yourself effective. And that's what I believe Steven Silas and the coaching staff are trying to do. You know, have him be a pick and roll guy, be aggressive. You have to be efficient and effective, even if you don't have the ball in your hands. And I will get to that in the Pacers game because he actually was extremely efficient and effective without the ball in his hand uh, while he was screaming. I'll get into that later. Before we go to the Pacers game, I just want to add one more. You, you brought up a pretty good point that I, I forgot to mention, too. Yeah. I kind of touched on a little, I touched on a little, just a little bit. Uh, when I said I think it might have been a product of John Lucas being the coach and not Steven Silas. And what I what I what I meant by that was like uh that Sunday, because remember that he didn't play uh Shingle played against the Spurs, he did not play against the Raptors, right. and then he came back against um the Heat. Mm-hmm. What we saw and Steven Silas went to, went into health and safety protocols after the Spurs game. So he didn't coach uh the Raptors or the Spurs game. And so that was John Lucas's first time coaching Alfred Shingoon um on Monday against the Heat. And it was night and day with how different they used him, right? It Shingun against the Spurs was it wasn't like he was acting like the hub. No, he was the hub, but they were mm-hmm. running off to him at the, t- at the top of the key. KPJ and Jalen were cutting off of him, they were feeding off of him. He was setting screens like he was looking like the offensive hub. 
the Heat game, it was a lot more of like screening and rolling and uh, ISOs from KPJ and Jalen. And I think that that was that was a product of two different coaching styles. I think that's how John Lucas went to coach and then how Stephen Sauce went to coach. And I think we kind of saw it get a little bit more balanced um, against the Pacers game as well as from the touch on. Like Shingun looked more of like his usual stuff. He was, it still wasn't a perfect game from Shingun. I still don't think that was him living up to his best potential. But it was a little bit more balanced that game uh, in terms of, you know, KPJ and Jalen cooking, like, isolating and all that good stuff. And then Shingun still being able to operate as the hub. So I just want to point out that distinction. Yeah. yeah. Do we no, have a lead at any point? I'm sorry. Say it again. Sorry, I guess the I guess uh, the, uh, the heat. Yeah. I want to say we did. I mean, let me look it up. I want to say leaving the first quarter, we did. You said that I, we have the lead at any point. Yeah, were we yeah, like I'm, when Jalen and yeah, yeah, we were, we were balling it out. They were up 37 to 26 at the end of the first. Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly what, what it was. was. And I, I, I was saying this too, like. It's the it's the second unit. Like the starters, the starters get it done. They they blew them out when the starters because the starters played the majority of the first quarter. They they were take care of it. Thirty seven twenty six as Brad said. It's when the second unit kind of comes in um, that we start losing the lead. I expect that to be a little bit better though because we were playing without. I know Tate did not play that game, right? Tate didn't play. No, no, he did play. He got hurt. Remember, he had yeah. He, so he played. He played five minutes. He played yeah. five minutes that game. Gordon didn't play, and Jabari didn't play. So those are three of our rotation pieces. They did not play that game. So I took our bench to be a lot better when you bring back three of our rotation pieces. So maybe it wouldn't be as bad, but that's a, that's a common theme um, throughout all of our, I mean, we can talk about it in the, in the Pacers game, but especially in that heat game, like our starters get it done. It's it's when the second unit comes in that we start losing the lead. So yeah. Yeah. yeah last thing I want to touch on with that heat game. I just want to touch on Tari Eason really quickly. You know, he had another double double in that game and through three games at that point, I just wanted to rattle off his, you know, rookie rankings amongst other rookies in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but this is a guy who was a 17th pick in the draft, and they don't run any plays for him. And he went out there, he averaged 20.7 points per game. That was first amongst all rookies. 10 rebounds a game, first amongst uh, all rookies. 5.3 offensive rebounds, first amongst all rookies. Um, 1.7 steals, which was fourth amongst all rookies. He shot 64% from the field, third amongst rookies. 44.4% from three, a guy who's not supposed to be able to shoot threes. That was fourth amongst our rookies as well. How many did you have tips? On those three? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my old tweet. That tweet in particular does not have those numbers. But it was probably around like, uh, I would say around 12-ish attempts. But um, yeah, and then three throws, he shot 80%. So that was 10th amongst our rookies. So that's how good he was in these first three games of the preseason um, from a number standpoint. You know, even in that last game, and we'll touch on it, um, Tari, he, he didn't have a crazy stat line, but he still looked that efficient. So, yeah, Tari, he, he, he's been a spectacular. That's everything I had to say about that Heat game. Jalen and KPJ looked like young stars. And they did in the Pacers game as well. Uh, Pacers game as well. But, Will, what, what were your thoughts on that, the Pacers game? Um, the Pacers game? Uh, um, so, I, I'll just I'll just jump right in. I, I think that, that it was a good game. Um, good team win. Um the team looked a lot better. I think we put on a better performance uh, against the Pacers than we did against the Heat. They looked a little bit more in control. Um, I mean, I don't think I need to talk about Jalen Green no more. We all know what he's capable of, of doing. Um, this, I mean, I at this point, I'm saying like a, a like a, a recording tape. Like I'm saying the same things every time. It's, <laughs> he's a bucket. I don't know any way you can say that. Um, uh, KPJ, he looked really good to me as well. I want to highlight one play that you know me and Brad were talking about this. Uh, earlier today, but there was a play at the start of the fourth quarter um, where 
Josh Christopher, who, 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 um, I'm preseason hasn't done Josh Christopher any favorites in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a little mm-hmm. bit lower on him than I was <laughs> coming into preseason after preseason for Josh. But um, Josh Christopher had a, a really bad turnover uh, on like the left wing where he tried to tried to get the ball to Jalen Green in the corner, and um, I believe it was um, Isaiah Jackson from the pace. I think he's the one who picked it off. It took a little bit before and they scored us in transition. And and we all watched the Rockets last season. If that happened, that's what they're going to do is the person who's who's bringing the who's taking the ball is going to give the ball to the nearest guard. They're going to shoot up the court. And, you know, it's going to be it's, it, they might make a bucket because that's how good some of these guys are. But like it's going to be a bad shot. They're going to take a bad shot. They're going to rush it. It wasn't going to be a good offensive set. Um, and it was, you know, that's a product just having, you know, young guards who were, you know, eager to get back on offense after, you know, making a mistake. But what I saw from them yesterday was growth in that situation after that, that bad turnover and they got scored on transition when they could have easily just took the ball down the court and, you know, ran off. KPJ kind of like does this. He's like, calm down. And they take the ball off the court. They go and they go and score. And, and to me, that's 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 growth because we wouldn't that, we wouldn't have saw that from them last season. Last season, they would have just tried to take a shot and would have been a bad shot. Now we're saying like the, the extension of our court, our point guard, he's saying like, guys, like, let's relax. We're, we're good. We've been here before. Let's run this offense that we know how to run. And it worked. They got a bucket out of that. So to me, that was growth from KPJ and from the team. I'm loving, you know, what I'm saying from the, uh, from from Tim and Jalen. Uh, they look they look so much better than they did last year. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any other takeaways I had? Major takeaways from last game. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit lower on Josh than I was coming into preseason. He kind of let me down in summer league, but I I, just, I was like, right, maybe it's just because it's summer league trying to do a little bit more. Um, but preseason, he hasn't been the kind of player that I thought he was going to be, or taking like the the leap I thought he was going to take um, this season. So it is just preseason. Maybe he'll figure it out when the season starts back up. But he looks out of rhythm right now. Oh, and the last, there's the last thing actually I will say, right? Speaking of out of rhythm, uh, Ty Ty Washington got his first, like, actual minutes as the backup point guard uh, last night against the um, against the Pacers. And he doesn't look comfortable to me. He looks like he's, you know, getting the ball across half court. And this is what he gets he's looking for Jalen. He's looking for Eric Gordon, you know, get the ball the way I'm going to stand in the corner. And I'm not mad at him. He's a rookie. He's, you know, that's his, his first time actually running the backup point guard, really. Um, but I do think that because he doesn't look necessarily comfortable in that role, I think that sending him to the G League, uh, maybe for like the first couple of games, would, would do him really well, like let him build up confidence. He, he would probably be the starting point guard in the G League, so he would get to run the show, run the offense, uh, be the guy. And then you know, just let him build up his confidence there, let him get you know get his rhythm down, and then when he's ready, here, take, take his spot back, bro. You know what I'm saying? What's, what kind of drafted you to do? Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on, uh, on the preseason game yesterday. We'll pass to you, Brian. What, what were your thoughts? Um, just to... <clears throat> Piggy off a, a will about Josh. Yeah, Josh is a, uh, you know, I, I thought it would also translate because we saw him the most in the gym. Um, but yeah, Josh seems, to, he's the type to like outrun the ball because he's so eager and and just yeah. so, uh, just trying to rush everything. Um, but then he'll he'll do some, his finishing is, is has been great. Like some of those finishes last night, it was just like going, like splitting the defense and just getting to the rim and making them. All those kind of like, I guess, like garbage time. But yeah, like what Will said, I thought I would see more of a leap. And again, it's preseason, uh, so I'm not going to worry about it too much. Um, what else? There was like a – Jalen was doing some MJ, MJ shit, man. Um, yeah, he was. <laughs> I know when he went up – when he had that crazy shot uh, and he like – just against uh, Turner – but yeah, right yeah, after so that possession on the other side, 
he was getting posted up by by Turner and just Jalen's aggressiveness and confidence. He was he was holding Turner for a little bit, um, and so that just goes to show like his his uh, you know he's he's a lot more confident. His muscle is you know his ten pounds of muscle is definitely apparent. My wife actually we were watching the game, and then uh, he was shooting a free throw. Even uh, my wife was like, "Whoa, he looks bigger." And I was like, "Yeah, that at ten pounds." Yeah, that's four pounds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just different, man. His attitude is just different. Uh, he's been talking a lot. Of, you can see, like sometimes, even like during at the at the games at, at the Rockets games, um, you can like see him like chirping, especially during the Raptors games against like Banton. Uh, but yeah, he has like a little attitude, a little spicy. You could you could see and and feel his chip on his shoulder. Um, what was another play? Let's see, but yeah, I mean, he, he was he was cooking. KPJ, oh, uh, he did the they did that wiper set again, um, and Baby Harden, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just goes off. KPJ is. I used to be out on KPJ until I started following uh, Will, and uh, <laughs> he made me a, he made me a believer, right? Um, that did sound right. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was definitely on the other side of that conversation. And um, he's shown a lot of growth, uh, you know, and I think a lot of maturity. I think his girlfriend is, is a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of the reason, but I'm sure she, she's she accountable. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that that backcourt. Um, Tarison, he affected the game. He didn't have like a crazy like his stats weren't like jumping out the page like uh, like the other other games. Um, Eric Gordon, it was nice to see him, you know, do his thing. Do we absolutely like need him to be playing? I don't know. I don't think I need my vet to be like playing. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him back. My worry is oh, actually KJ Martin. My worry is really, I don't think we played a one preseason game with kind of like a full rotation, you know. So I'm kind of curious on like where he would fall. He's definitely earned his minutes. So I'm kind of curious to see when Tate, Gordon, uh, even when Dacia Nix is in the, back in the mix. I'm kind of curious to see how that pans out. Um, but definitely do not trade that man. Um, don't trade Brad's cousin. Or twin, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see uh, you know the the first home uh, the first opener. So good game. Um, up by 22. Yep. I kind of just knew that was not going to be a thing, and that was going to dwindle down. Benedict Matherin, uh, he's he's a beast. I think he had like 18 or something, but he makes shit happen. But yeah, good game. Yeah, no, it was. And I'm happy you brought that up with the rotation because they haven't had a consistent rotation yet in the preseason. I was looking for them to have something like that so I could get a, a vision of what was going to go down against the Hawks on October 19th in the season opener out in Atlanta. But I, I have no clue what they'll end up doing. Um, I have an idea, maybe, but I'd prefer them, as Will and I have mentioned before, to run, you know, Tate at that backup one. And that way you can get Tari and KJ minutes, you know, because I would love – KJ, you know, he proved that he deserved those minutes this preseason. He played really well. Um, he needs at least 20-some minutes a game. Tari needs at least 20-some minutes a game based off of what he's shown us. So 
moving Tate to the one just opens up more flexibility. Even if Tate can't run back up one, this opens up more flexibility to get the guys that need to play on the court. You know, play your 10 best players. You know, that's that's what I say when I say, you know, play Tate the one. So we'll see what they do in that department. But as for this Pacers game, I did like the bounce back game from Shane Goon. He got more touches in the post. He made some beautiful passes, had a great touch pass. Um, he 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 had gotten fed from Jalen Green, had a nice touch pass to KJ Martin. Um, he had a few other passes that were blown. Uh, Usman Gruber blew his uh, no look down. We won't talk about that, but yeah, that was bad. But Shane Goon looked a lot better. He got his post looks. Um, he was doing a lot in, in Turkey. Uh, he would do a little post spin, get an easy bucket. He looked a little rusty. You know, he lost the ball, but he got the bucket at the end of the day. Um, but it was good to see him get more touches. And Will brought up a good point. You know, maybe that's a product of Silas coaching instead of John Lucas. So it was good to see uh, Shane Goon get back into the mix there. But outside of that, you know, Jalen. As you mentioned, Brian, he was on some MJ stuff, man. He he went up with the right. It was way up in the air to finish it with the left. I had never seen something like that. Then he had to, then he held his hand down and say, Miles Turner was too small. Jalen, you're cutting up. <laughs> he's cutting up at this point. Jalen's yeah. spicy this season. Yeah, he's, he's spicy. I saw in the Raptors game, he was striking people off. Of, and Ryan Hollins was like, Look at Jalen, look at Jalen. He said it about three times in the broadcast. So yeah, he's getting confident. Of- and that's the last thing you want to see. Uh, a killer like Jalen get is that confidence because he's gonna go out there, mess around, get thirty a game in a few seasons. He might get twenty five a game this year, and I honestly believe that he will. So Jalen, he looked incredible. KPJ, best catch and shoot player in the NBA last season. Well, you know I gotta say forty eight point two percent, and he hit pretty much every catch and shoot three that I really yeah. paid attention to. Um, in this preseason, I felt like he didn't miss a single catch and shoot three from what I saw. And he was five or six from three yesterday. Yeah, five or six from three as a whole. He's hitting step backs, Harden esque threes, as Brian mentioned. Um, but guys, you really have to look at these catch and shoot threes because he he was the best in the NBA last year, and in this preseason he's been knocked down. As a whole, he's shooting fifty two point six percent from the three point line on nineteen attempts. So he's he's an absolute sniper. Um, One day, bro. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I'm sorry, my bad. I was we were talking about KBJ, and I just thought of the extension on on Monday. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, you know. Um, by the time this episode drops, that will be the day that we'll find out if Kevin Porter Jr. will get extended or not. I hope he does get extended. Yeah, you can pull up receipts from our earlier podcast episodes, and I said that would be a terrible idea, but I've changed my mind. I think they would benefit from, you know, extending Kevin Porter Jr. If it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. I think Kevin's going to prove that he's worthy of an extension, and they'll lock him in regardless. So I, think, I don't think he's going anywhere um, at the end of the day. So Kevin, great game. Jalen. Looked insane. 33 points in a preseason game on crazy efficiency. 10 for 15 from the field. 4-7 from 3. 9 for 9 from the free throw line. Last thing I'll touch on. Jalen didn't miss free throws in the preseason. 21 for 22. I want to say he shot in the preseason. Yeah. He's getting there more often than last year. He's hitting them. And he got that 10 pounds of muscle, as Brian mentioned. So he's going to be going to the cup, getting fouled, and he's going to be making those free throws. And that's going to be huge for his efficiency. And it's going to be huge for him scoring a lot more points than he did last year. So I'm, yeah, I'm scared for other teams. So you know, Jalen, he he might zero turnovers last night too. Yeah, he's keeping the turnovers down. Something he did last year at the end of the season when he was scoring in bunches. Um, when he had that 30 point streak, he was rarely turning the ball over. Set an NBA record for. I'd have to look it up, so I'm not even gonna say the NBA record, but I'll talk about it on, on Twitter. But just he's keeping the turnovers down and scoring a lot of points. Something that other players just have never done before. But yeah, that's pretty much it for that Pacers game, in my opinion. Um. I'm excited to see what they end up looking like in Atlanta. We've only seen one game of Jabari, so it's going to be great to get him back on the court, see what the young court looks like. You know, 
when you have a floor raiser like Barry back out there because they looked they looked insane against the Spurs. And I know it's the Spurs, but it's gonna be fun. That's our last segment because we do have an Astros game to watch in a few minutes. But Brian, talk to me. What do you think about the season up here? What are you what are you uh, looking forward to? Against Atlanta? Against Atlanta. I'll be at that game, but it'll be fun. Oh, that's right, that's right. You, you live in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, yeah, looking forward to finally, you know, having the media see uh, what Jalen and KPJ and what our play, our young core does and give us the respect. I was talking to you about it, you know, the other day. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, you know, Jalen will continue, KPJ will continue and, and showcase, you know, they're, they're the backcourt of, of like the future. And um, hopefully Jabari will, will get, will pick up where he left off. Um, and one thing I, I think I'll, I'll definitely going to look out for is the is the rotations and uh yeah and Atlanta is, is going to be a hard matchup especially with, with DeJounte and, and Trey uh so I think that'll be a good first game and I think uh it will set the tone hopefully hopefully we'll get a dub I think we'll surprise I think we'll be those first few games maybe like three and two or something but hopefully it won't end up like a zero and 14 like I think it was like last year or something. Yeah, they started one for one and they lost 15 in a row. So they're like one in 16. Yeah. It was terrible. So yeah. Hopefully we won't go through that again. Uh, but yeah, just excited to see uh, the growth and and uh, as as Tate and Josh said, be electric. I want to see this electric team. So, and I think you know what Coach Silas says. People are going to be uh, are not going to want to play us. So. I want to see all that, all that talk uh, into action. So, yeah, for sure, that'll be interesting to see. Well, I know I asked Brian about that that Hawks game, but since he 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 brought up that three two start, which I like the optimism. Will, what do you think about the Atlanta game, and um, what kind of start do you think they'll have? Really briefly, and I'll touch on the same. I mean, yeah, Brian kind of touched on it. Um, we're playing Dejounte Trey Young um, in our first game. Uh, Dejounte being a really good defender. Um, so we're going to find out, like, one thing that I, I, I kind of have written down, um, I looked at our schedule. Our schedule is kind of tough to start the season. We play Atlanta, Memphis, Milwaukee, Portland, Phoenix, the Clippers twice, and then Minnesota, all in that first 10-game stretch. And those are all teams. I think the worst team I listed there was Portland. Um, every, other, every other team, I think, is going to for sure be in the playoff picture to some degree. Utah? Utah? Um, no, I skipped over Utah. We, I, I, in the, we played them in the first ten games, um, but I didn't. I didn't include them because just. I mean, Utah's not a not a real <laughs> basketball team. <laughs> so, no, so you know, I didn't put. I didn't include Utah. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, Memphis, Milwaukee, Portland, Phoenix, the Clippers twice, and Minnesota. Um, and I said those are all great teams. So I think we're going to find out very quickly what this Rockets team is made of. I know people was looking at us kind of dominate preseason, and we're like, okay, maybe this team is like legit. Maybe they can make a push, you know, in the regular season. Um, we don't have to. We're, we don't have to wait too long to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out very soon if if this team is, is made of it. Because I mean, we, we play some really tough teams to start, so we start the season off um, competing and hanging with those guys. We sneak with a couple of wins. Maybe we start talking about playing tournament. But um, if if not, I think we're going to be uh, photoshopping Scoot Henderson and Victor Wimbayama and Rockets jerseys all year. So <laughs> we're going to find out real quick. <laughs> Well, I'll say this about the Rockets start. Um, three and two, 
I would love to see three and two. The Hawks game, it is going to be a little difficult. Uh, Clint Capella is going to be a tough matchup uh, for for Shane Goon. Um, DeJounte is a really good defender. And Trey's not going to be playing off ball because he has a really good point guard next to him. So that's going to be a fun test for the Rockets. They beat him last year in Atlanta when I was there. So I'm hoping they beat him again this year when I'm there. So that'll be fun. Outside of that, they played Utah twice in those first five games. I think they could beat them both times. They should run them at the gym both times, honestly. So I would love to see that. And then they play Memphis in the home opener um, on Friday the 21st. That's a game they could steal. Jaron Jackson isn't playing. The Rockets had a fun win last year against Memphis. And I truly believe this Rockets team was way better than last year based off of these preseason games. And I know you're not supposed to say that, but they really do look way better. If you were watching the games, like, they look much better. And then outside of that, they play Milwaukee. That's going to be tough. Um, so, yeah, I could see 3-2. and two. Maybe they steal the Memphis game. Um, I would say yeah. they steal the Memphis game and start 3-2. and two. Um, Utah. They should beat them anytime, any day of the week. But outside of that, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see Jalen and KPJ pick up, you know, where they left off at the end of the preseason, how Shangu ends up looking against, you know, some of these, you know, taller, you know, bigger centers. Now he's finally starting. Uh, Rock fans were begging for him to start last year. Now he has that chance. I'm excited to see how he looks and then what this rotation would look like. Because as Brian mentioned, again, we didn't get to see a consistent lineup in the preseason. So, uh, so we're going to see something new in this first game. So. Last thing I'll say, Jabari's going to be back. So everyone's excited for that. So, yeah, that's what I have to touch on for the start of the season. Brian, did you have anything else you wanted to add um, for the start of the year or anything Rockets related? Uh, we're about to wrap up, right? And we don't have to. It's happening right now, right? Um, no, I just, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, we're definitely way better than last year. Um, more confident and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I don't think it's too crazy to, to wish for like a 3-2 but I guess it's not all bad you know we end up you know in a losing season uh, because of you know who but uh, yeah I think uh, with Utah I just want to point out the Utah game at home uh, just a shameless plug-in. I will be performing. Uh, it's not shameless at all. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I will be performing uh, during that that home game, uh, Filipino Heritage Night, uh, and yeah, and so I will be dancing with the the Rockets cheerleaders. I've been choreographing them, choreographing for them as of last year. I was the the first time they reached out outside of uh, the organization to uh, work with a, a choreographer. So. I'm glad that they chose me, uh, a, an actual Houstonian and an actual Rockets fan. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. So if you're going to the game, say what's up, watch me. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's about it. Um, All right, sounds good, Brian. I'll definitely plug that on our um, Twitter. And we'll let everybody know, hey, check out our guy, Brian, Utah home opener. He's going to perform at halftime. We'll definitely plug you in for that as well. But as a whole, man, like I said, Brian, we've been talking since last year, so it's good to finally get you on the podcast. Great talking to you. Of course, we'll have to get you on again because I really enjoyed this one. But yeah. for the uh, listeners um, that aren't familiar with you, again, plug yourself so they can uh, they can find you everywhere. Yeah, so uh, Brian Puspos, P-U-S-P-O-S, uh, on Instagram, YouTube. I'm, again, I'm past my Twitter prime, <laughs> on, but it's the same thing. I don't really post on there, um, just like – even like when I post like dance videos, it'll get taken down and copyrights and 
the algorithm is all fucked up because I'm just not active and I'm just not I'm just not like clever like y'all. <laughs> um, and then most of the the fan most of the fandom on, on on Twitter is like are not basketball fans. So when I when I talk basketball, they're just like, what What are you talking about? <laughs> so hit me up on Instagram or YouTube or uh, or the other social medias. But uh, again, I want to thank you guys for uh, for you know having. Uh, having expressed my, my love for this team and knowing that um, there's, pe there's people out there like me um, is, is really cool. And I do, I really do think, uh, you know, we were a special fan base um, and you guys, you know, lead the way, you guys are great examples, uh, you know, and so appreciate everything y'all do. Y'all put a lot of work in y'all's in y'all's craft. And uh, I, I hope, I wish y'all the best, man, for sure. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really means a lot. Like it, I, <clears throat> I've been living in LA since 2011, and one thing everyone, all my LA friends know about me is that I, I scream Houston, and I, I take a lot of pride in Houston. So anything that can keep me connected and grounded uh, while I'm over here, a thousand miles away. Uh, I think it, it, it's it's really awesome that I could use you guys as an outlet to stay connected uh, with Houston. So uh, and this and this team. So, anyways, getting all sentimental. You know what I'm saying? I'm light skin. It's good to hear that. It's good to hear that for sure. And as I said, we'll definitely um, always be chopping it up, and we'll get get you back on the podcast. It's great talking to you, um, as always. Find me on Instagram and Twitter as well at Brado NBA. Highlight stats, all that good stuff. I got you covered. And Will, uh, go ahead and close for us. Find us on. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bias Houston. Like I said, I'm gonna quickly shout out uh, Brado and Will on Instagram and Twitter, uh, TikTok as well. We just started that up. Um, make sure you guys continue to, to like and subscribe, leave comments. We really appreciate all the support. Even showing the new channel. Um, with that, we'll see you guys next Monday. Peace. All right, peace. Peace.